Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone, joined by Chris Nee, Zach Blostein. Fellas, it's a good old-fashioned official visit preview episode. We ready? We are. Are you ready, Brendan? I think so. I'm just not allowed to talk about how we do a good job anymore because people will throw tantrums about it. On with the show. You suck. You guys both suck. You're awful at your jobs. Don't subscribe to Bills 24-7. Let's start off with a rundown of the official visitors that we expect this weekend. We'll then do a little bit of scoop at the end of this episode. That's pretty much what this is going to be. Just a, a purified recruiting update show. Start off at the very top of the list, fellas. Wide receiver Hiking Williams is coming to Florida State this weekend. I know FSU fans have been sweating this out for the last few weeks, but he has not gone to any other campuses. He's been everywhere other than college campuses. He's been in L.A. I think he was in the Bahamas. My man has been all over the place. And uh, and I think that that's a good thing because he will be in Tallahassee this weekend. He's 27th, 27th overall recruit nationally, 15th in the 24-7 sports updated rankings, a legitimate, true five-star Zachary, I'll let you start off with Hiking Williams. What's going on with this recruitment? Anything new, or, or is FSU feeling good here? The FSU is feeling really good with Hiking. Um, there were a few schools that tried to make a late run. You know, he told me after the UF game that he could take an official visit to Texas A and M. Does not look like that's going to happen. Miami tried to make a late run. Um, Coach Chris Ball was hitting him up every single day. He told me at one point, and then Colorado is another school um, that there's some connection to Hiking's family. They were trying to use that to get him on campus. That did not materialize either, to our knowledge. So, yeah, FSU sits in a great spot, right? There's less than a week till signing day. They're going to get him on an official visit this weekend. It's crazy to think that Hakeem, you know, for for how long he's been targeted and committed, they, uh, he hasn't used an official visit to FSU. Um, they save it for this last weekend, which is huge. Um, and and you get him in you know the final impression before he signs next Wednesday. This has been a masterful job by really the entire like collective of like FSU's coaching staff. Ron Dugans has done a great job. Mike Ravel's done a great job. It's been top to bottom like effort to to get this secured early. Obviously, you had to have the proof of concept, right? Winning early, that's been huge for that to only build throughout the season. And yeah, you you end up getting uh you have to feel really, really good with where you're at with Hiking Williams going into this final stretch here. He's been a great ambassador for the program. He's been awesome. Um, this has been huge for FSU. Yeah, and this will be, I believe, the sixth visit since the start of – well, no, fifth visit to FSU since the start of the season. He also watched FSU play down in Miami. And the New Orleans uh, game as well, right? Yeah, I think I'm including that in that that yeah, but that was that was to me like that was kind of when this all swung, where we thought they went from having a chance to like, oh, they're actually like in it to win it at this point. Pack the car, we're going to Lottie. <laughs> Let's go to uh, the 201st overall prospect nationally. It's four-star defensive tackle Keith Sanson of Newburn, North Carolina, a guy who NC State has made a push for, uh, but FSU has been very aggressive in trying to keep Keith Sanson in the boat. He's officially visiting this weekend. Zach, you had an update on that. The other day, uh, what's the latest on Keith? And, and are you feeling all right with where FSU stands for Keith going into the uh, the final stretch here? Yeah, he he took the visit to NC State this past weekend. I don't I don't think I'm worried about his commitment at all. Um, I think he's a solid uh, pledge to FSU's class. The only thing to monitor is uh, when we spoke, I believe it was either on Monday or Sunday, um, he was not sure whether he would be signing in December or pushing it back till February. And this isn't one of those cases where he wants to take more visits or anything. Um, he set up a long time ago that he wanted to sign alongside his friends, um, you know, at high school. And I think their plan was to do that on like the traditional signing day in February. FSU would obviously prefer him to sign in December, but you know, they're, they're being kind of um, casual about it and, and yeah, not, not- I'm trying to force him to do anything because no, that's ridiculous. That, we're, we're signed something and you can go through the ceremony. Yeah, and that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. I didn't want to say that to him. No, I, I'll, I'll say, well, you shouldn't say yeah, it to him, I'll but I'll, I'll, I'll with him next time. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk to him. Be like, what are we doing here? Okay. Odell Higgins has been up there each week. This week he was accompanied by Adam Fuller. Last week he was accompanied by Mike Norvell. Uh, there was a point in Keith's commitment where there was some chatter that staying home, being closer home might be in play. That had very much cold since then. I'm not overly concerned. FSU's built a gr- really, really good bond with Keith, and they value him a great deal, and I think he understands that. 
another note on him, just won a state title in that state championship game. Every time he made a play, he popped up and was doing a tomahawk chop. So pretty good yeah, sign there. That is a good sign. We'll, we'll take every little sign, every little more so we can get right now uh, as, as something significant. Chris, sticking into the sticking with the trenches, I'm going to let you talk about this, guys. I, the next couple I'm going to let you talk about because you're going to swoon over both of them. Let's start off with defensive end Lamont Green Jr., Boots, 250th prospect nationally from Miami, uh, Gulliver Prep. He's had an awesome season. This guy's been as as much of a null as as anyone in this class. So um, let's just let's just give him some some praise and talk about this recruitment real quick. Yeah, to some degree, a forgotten man because he's been committed for so long. He's a legacy. Him and his father are very big fans. His father obviously played here. Tons of Tallahassee ties for Lamont Jr. because of his dad's time up this way. Uh, real solid player. He's gotten progressively better throughout his high school career. Super productive. He's going to work really hard, and he's going to be a guy that's entirely trustworthy in the sense of knowing you're going to get the best out of him consistently. Uh, probably underappreciated just because it's been such a quiet recruitment. But, yeah, gets to come in this weekend, enjoy his official, and then he'll be here, I think, January 6th officially. And then the next man up is wide receiver all day, Dre, Andreas Jacobs of Vero Beach, arguably the best wide receiver in the state of Florida from a production standpoint as a high schooler, 302nd nationally in the rankings currently. He is a four-star, well overdue to get that four-star and deserved. All day, Dre's been a solid commitment, a guy that Ryan Barto had put a huge role in initially, kind of getting FSU in there. Ron Dugans also did his job and did it at a high level. FSU stayed very consistent with Dre. Dre stayed consistent with them, hasn't really flirted with others. Mike Norvell was in the house, I believe it was last Thursday, if I remember correctly, and Dre will come up here this weekend and, put the uh, closing ceremonies in for his commitment sign and he should be here soon as well. What's the deal with one wide receiver commit who we don't have on the list, Goldie Lawrence from Sanford Seminole. What's happening there? I was told he, he originally was on for this weekend for an official. I was told yesterday early in the day that he had a school related matter that would not allow him to come in this weekend. And it was as simple as that. I didn't really poke much more North dig. You know, I may in the coming days just to make sure everything's the same. And the expectation is that he signs next week. You know, there, there's been some USF, I'm sorry, UCF chatter Whoa, there. Sh- sorry, sorry, sorry. I mixed up those uh, directional schools in the middle of the state, buddy. I'm sorry about that. 2017 National Championship. What? But, uh, yeah, there was some chatter there with UCF. But, I, you know, that had calmed down. I don't think it's a concern. But I'll keep checking on all day drag, just, or I'm sorry, on uh, Goldie just to make sure that nothing has changed there as we lead up to Wednesday. Uh, well, let's talk about one wide receiver who is not committed to Florida State, committed elsewhere that we have on the list here for an official visit. This will be interesting to see if this goes through as as expected, and that is UF commit wide receiver Andy Jean, 358th prospect nationally in the 24-7 sports composite. That puts him at a four-star still, um, a guy that FSU's been kicking the, the tires on for a while and trying to get into this this class potentially, uh, and he will show up to campus, uh, as we believe right now, recording this on a Thursday morning. Whoever wants to take it, go. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, yeah, so Steve Wolf on reported this news on most of seven. I believe it was yesterday. Um, a pretty big deal. He was a guy that was at the UF game and um, you know, kind of was low key about it. Didn't want to do interviews, but he was there on the Friday night for the game and then stayed on Saturday to spend some more time with the coaching staff. Um, declined, you know, interviews afterwards, like I said, but it was clear that there was at least some interest there, right, for him to not only attend the game, but also come the day afterwards and spend more time around Coach Norvell and the, and the FSU coaching staff. Um, and we were told, you know, early on in the season that uh, the expectation was that FSU was going to get a December official visit from Andy G. That was the case before he committed to Florida and the case after he committed. Um, and, you know, it seems like right now, obviously, Andy Jean's from South Florida and anything can change in a South Florida recruitment, as you guys know. Um, so, you know, we'll see if he actually does end up making it. But the plan as of Wednesday was that he is on the list and expected in by Florida State. To add to Zach's point, back around what October 22nd was a bye week for FSU. Is that right? That day. That right. So around that time, FSU did some recruiting, came back, organized, had meetings and kind of figured out the plan, the march to the end of November, end of the season and into December for officials. And obviously the thing that adjusts in that conversation is guys entering the transfer portal. But in the case of Andy Jean, similar to Edwin Joseph, Reuben Bain, there was talk at that point, end of October, that he would come in December 9th. 
They thought they would get all three of those guys in on December 9th. They ended up getting Joseph and Bain last weekend, getting Gene this weekend. So it's been expected throughout. He also made it for the Florida game, which kind of continued the conversation of it was noticeable that the interest was still there. And yes, he is a Florida commitment. So he came to that game for a two-pronged reason to watch the team he's committed to, also to watch a team that was actively still recruiting him and he still had some level of interest in. We'll see how this weekend develops. I'm not going to sit here and say I think that a flip is likely, but I think it does say something that this has been a consistent theme with FSU and Gene, you know, really since the summer and definitely since since September and certainly since mid-October, and it's just continued. There's something about the consistency of that that makes you think, yeah, you know, he's going to give them a fair shake this weekend, but we'll see how it all plays out. It'll be a fun one to, to follow along with here. Um Going back to commitments, safety KJ Kirkland from Jacksonville area, 542nd player nationally. Chris, oh, this this seems like this has been a pretty solid, steady recruitment. Not a whole lot of drama here. Yeah, I mean, KJ is a kid that we actually went over to Jacksonville area and caught up with. Zach got some video with him about his recruitment and about his commitment on the same day. He's never wavered one bit. He's been an ultra consistent with FSU. Norvell went over there very early in this period where he's able to hit the road and see guys and checked in on them. And yeah, Kirkland is that solid as they come and excited to be a Seminole and looking forward to it. And he's a he's a big kid. He's a talented, athletic, big body safety. I'm I'm intrigued by what he might become for FSU because they do do so much with their safeties. They allow him to play kind of all over the field. Zach Chris said do do. Do do. Grow up. Cornerback Jabril Rawls from the Pensacola area, 720th nationally. The FSU got good value here. Uh, and, and yeah, would you rather well, – I'm not going to go down that road. Never mind. It, he, he's a good value in the NIL era. He's someone that you didn't have to go after aggressively, uh, relatively local, um, someone who has a lot of upside still, moves well, physical, a lot to like there. So he's, he's official visiting as well. I'm, I'm a fan of his game. And, again, keyword there is value. Yeah, two about, quick, oh, well, two quick points on Rawls, and I'll hand it off to Zach if he wants to say something about him. He came to FSU's end-of-summer event, worked out. They really liked him. He got the official offer from FSU a couple days later. He committed on that day. Yeah, I think kind of speaks to they had rubber stamped it, and he said yes. And that's sort of how that thing went, and he's very solid. He's been to a bunch of games here this year. So FSU likes him. Yeah, they, they make their own evaluations and they kind of roll with it. And yes, I know DB recruiting here has been a bit of a strange bird consistently, but he's a kid that, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that they essentially told him at the end of summer event that, yes, we want you in the fold here. And when that official offer came, he jumped on it officially. Yeah, um, I think the one thing to note about him and making the transition to the next level is he need to put, he needs to put on some weight. He's very thin right now. Um, but you can see all the other intangibles that he has in his game. He's a two-way player for for Pensacola Catholic and a guy that you know, Dane and I watched in person and were really impressed with. Um, so we're literally freezing our hands off while watching him. They played Pensacola Catholic played four to high. Were you literally high. freezing your hands off? That I, we had we had to have the hand warmers going. Yeah. It was, it was so bad. you were at risk of hypothermia. Is what you're okay, saying. moving on. Christopher Otto. Three-star offensive lineman that FSU is bringing in this weekend. He's a longtime target. Chris, I know you want to talk about Otto a ton. That's your guy. Um, but Christopher Otto is a guy that Alex Atkins identified early. Um, a high academic kid who's already taken an official visit to Princeton and Stanford. Um, and a few others that, that Chris will note on in a second. Yeah, he also went to Syracuse here recently. I think those are the three officials he's taken. Penn State's also involved in trying to get him to hold over until January to take a visit there. He's been a little back and forth on whether or not he will decide and sign in December. He's previously told me he did not intend to do that. I think to some degree, FSU's going for the close this weekend. It would be fantastic if they're able to do so. Uh, as Zach noted, very smart kid, super involved in film. That's kind of his thing. He would love to go to the College of Arts slash film school at FSU or somewhere. That's something that's extremely appealing to him. He's also a wrestler. He's a big bodied kid. I like a ton of the things he brings to the table, both personality wise and ability wise. I think he's a very, very talented dude. The other thing I like about him is that he can play a multitude of positions. I think he could easily play center, obviously both guard spots. I think you can even get away with him at tackle. So he brings a great deal of versatility. The The body's good. The feet are good. The strength is good. There's a whole, whole lot to like about the young man. 
Uh, FSU, I feel like, has been the pace car in that recruitment largely, especially over the football season since September rolled around. And I think that continues. And he's definitely a kid that I believe FSU values a great deal from yeah. past conversations. I would take him. Um, I, I've confirmed that multiple times that Chris Otto is a take for FSU. Um, and like Chris said, I think this is the type of guy you want in your program. And I think he has some really high upside, man. Like, there's just a lot to like about both his game and, you know, some of the off-field stuff. Like him being a film student, that kind of fits in perfectly at Florida State because FSU's film program is from what I understand, top five nationally. I mean, they they admit very little um, students every year. I think it's like under 20 every year uh, into that program. Um, it's really competitive from what I understand. And and that's a really attractive option for Otto, who I believe will get a tour of, of the film school on his official visit this weekend. That'll be an important uh, factor of that recruitment. Um, but he's a guy that, that you know, He's picked up steam as of late. Um, a lot more schools like Penn State have gotten involved, but FSU's been the constant there. Um, they they had him on campus for that end of summer event, and he got to work out with Alex Atkins, and he held his own against you know some of FSU's uh, defensive line commits and you know some other targets that were there in attendance for that camp. Um, a guy that I really like, and a guy that I hope um, FSU adds to this class because he he's a he's a guy that that would truly help them out in my opinion. So that's what we have for the high school visitors. But as you guys well know, it is the season. It's portal season. So there are transfer portal visitors as well that we have to get to. And before we go fully into that topic, I know people are going to want to know, are there any surprise visitors? Anyone secret? You know, that's going to be sneaking in. If it was a secret, wait, no. If it was a surprise, no. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Boy, do you have to edit this part. <laughs> No, I don't mind keeping it in that I sound a little doofy sometimes. It's organic. It's okay. Uh, we do not know of any surprises. And well, Brendan we... doesn't know. Oh, oh, oh. All right, Zach. Well, then go ahead. What do you got? That's a surprise. If it was a secret, then if it was a surprise, then I don't know. Um, let's get into no. the <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Let's start off with an FSU commitment. That is defense alignment, Daryl Jackson. Uh, he flipped. Well, is it considered a flip if he trans? That's the ultimate flip, right? You went, you went to school for a year, said, "Nah, I'm okay here," and, and they go somewhere else. Yeah, I would say something quick now. Hand it off to Zach because that's his dude. Long journey to get to the place I think he always wanted to be. He started at Gadsden County. He ended up at Maryland. Ended up at Miami. Now he's coming home. Yeah, um, he was a guy that that projected really well just based off of measurables in high school but really filled out his frame when he got to Maryland and was a guy that contributed them for them as a true freshman. Um, he entered the portal last offseason and chose Miami mainly over UF. Those are the kind of two schools battling it out. FSU was kind of involved in that recruitment. They got him in for an unofficial visit, um, and he had a planned official visit but never made it. Um, Miami was the school that, that got him last cycle. He played down there for one season you know, pretty productive season uh, and only one year down there. And then, you know, some issues came up with his mom. We've already talked about this, but um, some issues came up with his mom's medical situation. He wanted to be closer to home. FSU is the perfect opportunity for him to do that while also applying for a hardship waiver um, to be possibly eligible for the 2023 season. That's what the, he's going through right now. He'll be on an official visit this weekend just to kind of, you know, get around the coaching staff again that he knows very well. Uh, Coach Corey Fuller, off-field staffer at FSU, former FSU, uh, great. Um, he is uh, he was Daryl Jackson's high school head coach at Gadsden County. Um, Josh Farmer used to play. Josh Farmer's FSU defensive tackle used to play with Daryl Jackson in high school as well. Um, there's a lot of connections at FSU, obviously, from him being close to this area or being from close to this area. So yeah, it's a great fit, and you know, here's hoping that he can get. The waiver, the NCAA doesn't do something stupid and doesn't approve that waiver. Um, you know, that's a big challenge for the NCAA, uh, especially recently. But we'll see. Um, I, I think there's a good chance that he he gets the waiver and is able to play next season. Hope he doesn't get bobbed. Is what you're trying to say? Yes. Let's let's stick. With I thought the- we weren't talking basketball on this podcast. I, two, hey, in row, that's, two in a row. Yeah, two in a row, baby. Let's go. How do I mute Chris? How do I mute Chris? All right, Chris. Let's talk about the trenches. Let's stick with the trenches. Move to the offensive side of the ball. Let's start with Casey Roddick, Colorado transfer. 
uh, someone who's been on the radar for a few weeks now for FSU, which in the portal, like uh, portal cycle, that's uh, two weeks of interest is like an eternity. So, so yeah. let's, let's talk about this dude. Yeah. Soon after he hit, there was a good bit of chatter that FSU was the destination. I think there was even a Twitter bio profile change for him. He did visit NC State last weekend, so he is open to others. But FSU's been kind of the constant with him since the moment he hit. Alex Atkins was in the house last week. Um, he FaceTimed with Mike Norvell last week, for example. He is coming in this week. You know, Casey's kind of kept a low profile with it all. I think Oklahoma Baylor, there was somebody else that he mentioned along the way. But it would not shock me if coming off this weekend, he's ready to decide during this early signing period. He doesn't take it to that first weekend in January when – Transfers can take a couple more visits. He would be probably most likely an interior guy, or he almost certainly would be an interior guy, most likely a guard. I think he's a guy that could easily fill a role left vacated by Dylan Gibbons or Meech's departure. Another offensive lineman worth noting who's going to be taking an official visit here is Auburn transfer Keandre Jones from LaGrange, Georgia, which is pretty far west, uh, almost kind of like Alabama demographically, uh, kind of right there on the border. Uh, central Georgia for, for those who like Georgia's geography. Uh, shout out Ingram Smith. Uh, Zach, let's talk about Keandre's a two and a half year starter there at Auburn. A guy who's taking some other visits. What's the, what's the scoop of the Intel on this visitor? Yeah. Um, another guy that has a lot of connections to Florida state, meaning he knows a lot of players, current players on the roster. We talked about this on the last pod, but Winston Wright is someone that he knows very well. Um, who's been personally advocating for, Jones to come to Florida State. Um, he's been helping out FSU in that recruitment. Um, he's taken, to my understanding, this is hard to pick up because Jones is not very communicative with the media. Um, so I know he's taken an official visit to West Virginia. I believe he's taken an official to Pitt and then UCF as well. Um, those are the three schools that I've heard that are involved. UCF may be trying to get him on campus, possibly on Sunday for like a last minute thing um, after his FSU visit. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but that was a thing that had been discussed within the last week um, between uh, and FSU was made aware of that. They found out about that. So that might be that might help them kind of prevent that from happening. Um, but this is a group that I kind of feel strangely confident about. Do you, do you feel the same way, Brennan? I do. I think if FSU wants him, FSU will get him. Do we know? Can FSU I'm not saying they're going to it was just more, more general question because you're going to bring in I me mean, up to all the slime this week. You had Jeremiah Byers last week and i've heard good things since then about where fsu stands i still don't think his recruitment's going to go uh beyond you know it'll probably decide within the dead period here but he visited maryland we know oregon's in the mix ohio, ohio state, state offered, just offered offered so we, we will see what happens i do think fsu's been in a good spot if he wants to make a quick decision still if he obviously wants to draw things out we'll, we'll see but we know like john campbell's a name that it when he does enter the portal the miami transfer like i would expect fsu to kick the tires there he's a true tackle body from orlando like from florida so like that's it you're going to keep expanding your offensive line board, I think, throughout this offseason and keep seeing who you're going to take. I just I wonder how many transfers FSU is going to bring in on the offensive line. I don't have a great answer to that right now. So a question for you guys, like with two guard types, these are both guards that they're bringing in uh, this weekend. Like, can you work them out? Do you have an idea to like, like, is that allowed a thing you're allowed to do on an official visit to kind of see like no. moves the way you want? Or is that something that that's not allowed? Not I, during I, this time of year. Yeah, I don't it, believe it'd so. Be like, it'd have to be like during the summer. That's okay. like that's like so. jazz, for example, yeah. Jazz did that. Jazz mm-hmm. came in and worked out for FSU. Before FSU Green lighted that, there was a slight individual workout for Jazz Turner team. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's me during certain portions of the recruiting calendar. Yeah, I was more curious to just like the the so it's not gonna happen at this point. I was more curious just of like FSU's trying to vet and figure out like okay, how we're gonna allocate these scholarships, how many offensive linemen can we take? Because you have young players still you're trying to get reps to, you like the nucleus that you're bringing back. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, I think Keandre Jones, if FSU wants him, I think FSU will get him. So on that point, I'll add I think with portal you recruit if you want to, you recruit three. If you want three, you recruit four or five. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of you got to, and you recruit them simultaneously. And obviously, you got to navigate some waters there with who you truly want, what the pecking order is. But you just got to do it. So, like a guy like Byers, yeah, I think they feel good about him. But obviously, he keeps picking up steam. Oregon's one that's pushing for a weekend visit. Ohio State comes in the door last night. So, while you felt great about him a week ago, and you still probably feel pretty good about him now, and he probably is giving you good feedback, you just got to be prepared because the rug can get pulled out from underneath you. And if you're trying to get these guys in 
January 6th for when school begins, right? I think it's January 6th for FSU next year. Yeah, or January 6th. Um, yeah, in that ballpark. So if you're trying to get dudes in there, you just got to be prepared to do it now. So, like, obviously there's a little bit of a playing a balancing act right now. One other thing I'll bring up on Keandre Jones, just from a discussion standpoint, not particularly good this past season. But two years ago he was. Is that mm-hmm. correct way yeah. of describing I mean, he was, it? Now? He was good in 2020 and 2021. Um, so 2022, he got benched, but also Auburn in 2022 was dysfunctional. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I would I'm imagine. Not, I'm not knocking a kid. I'm just trying to make sure that's presented as it should be. If you were drafting guys, like I'm sure you would have Byers one, you would probably have Roddick two and, and Kendra Jones three, but yeah. you don't know what, like, do you look, look a gift horse in the mouth? Like if he wants to commit, do you say no and then ro- roll the dice? And that, those are yeah. all, that, that's why coaches are paid. Six figures. Uh, yeah. Or, I don't think they'd bring seven. him on an official to not take his commitment if you want. From a number standpoint, you lose Gibbons, you lose Meech, uh, Lloyd Willis, and Rod Orr are leaving the program. Am I forgetting someone? I feel like I'm forgetting at least one. Jazz, right? Jazz. Yes, Jazz has so run that, out of eligibility. That's five. So and we assume that like, there, there could be more, too. I'm not saying that there's going to be. I'm just like logically, like Zane Herring could say, I could play more. Here, especially if I see two transfers at guard come in, I can play yeah, more. Caden Lyles is another guy who may not continue playing football. I have been told that he's be prob- he'll probably medically uh, retire, but we'll see. We'll see. Right. I, I'm sure he'll so want to announce that. that push in the six. And yeah. you, you want, if you can have, I mean, hell, if you can have 13 really good O line, and that's fantastic. That's, you know, that's a, that's a dream. O line coach's dream, but you want eight to 10. So mm-hmm. it's not just about finding guys that can start, but FSU is certainly in a search for guards, guys who can help. Cause that position, while you got Bryson Estes and you've got some other young guys that you like, it's better to have options than be stuck with just a guy you like. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, but those are good problems to have, right? Like uh, you're, you're adding quality experience off the line into the room potentially that that's thumbs up like you will take it like it think about how far back like two years ago would you have even considered like oh do they need to take keandre jones like, yes please we anyone does he have a pulse so th- they're moving on up in that in that regard uh sticking with the trenches going back to the defensive line Braden fisk from western michigan guy who we've reported on uh taking a visit we talked to him the other day uh someone who i think f is using a really good sp- for now notre dame is considered like your top competition that's a local team for him he's mentioned before that staying close to home is a priority but the two bigger priorities are one the the path to playing time which he would be a starter at florida state there's very little doubt in my mind um and then two development and and how he would be developed in his lone year as a graduate transfer on any any campus because he has only a, a he has a finite window to make a an impact to progress to prepare himself as best as he can for the NFL draft. Uh, and he's a draft pick in my estimation. So that is what he's going to be looking at this weekend at Florida state. I think fellas, it's a Friday, Saturday deal um, based on what he told me. I'm not sure if that means that there's a Sunday visit somewhere else right now. He's trying to put all this, like just like all these transfers, you're trying to make a bunch of decisions in a short period of time. Maybe there's another visit. We'll try to follow along and, and, and see if we can find that out. But FSU is in a good spot. Finally, Fentrell Deuce Cypress, the number two transfer prospect in the country per the 24-7 sports rankings. An amazing year at Virginia. I think Chris put him as an all-ACC first-teamer on his ballot. Is that right, Christopher? I did. All right, first-teamer. Uh, he is someone who we have reported FSU expects to visit this weekend a little bit of news on this podcast it's not yet up on the Knowles 24 7 message board i'm sure it will be in short order uh, he will arrive in tallahassee thursday evening i am for, for his official visit thank you zach i appreciate you helping i think most of the official visitors are arriving tonight okay sorry to like burst your bubble but is- <laughs> i can confirm that he is arriving tonight and mr bubble burster but by the way you sound sick again and I, oh, gross, Jesus. Chris I believe so going, going, <laughs> that was disgusting. Like, this audio medium, people are going to hear that. Uh, you know what? Uh, that was Chris, guys. That was not me. <laughs> Jeez. Consult a doctor, oh. Zachary. Jeez. 
buddy. My favorite, Ooh, my favorite thing to do at an FSU press conference is I say, if I say something stupid, like, and I realize there's a live mic nearby, I'm like, I'm Corey Clark. <laughs> so that was Corey Clark who did that. <laughs> uh, um, anyways, back to the news. I'm glad, like, the most important thing we've talked about on this podcast so far has been derailed by Zach being kind of a douche and then Zach being gross. Thank you, Zach. And that is that federal Cypress going into the week. We expect him to be at Florida state for an official visit, but we were trying to decipher and it's been hard to figure out because, because deuce has been fairly buttoned up and quiet. Uh, but that is whether he would take official visits elsewhere this week. He went to UCLA last week. That's the only other known official visit and someone we expected to take multiple officials this week as he tries to narrow in on a decision. Here's what I'm told. I don't think he's visiting anywhere else. I think it's Florida state and exclusively Florida state. Well, as I can gather. Okay. Central told me himself he doesn't have any other visits set up. When did he tell you that, Gross? Yesterday. Boy. Okay. Well, I think that's still the case because now that he's arriving on a Thursday evening, it'll what what Chris? What? Well, my two partners argue, I'll add that he was at UCLA last weekend and he has previously told me a decision probably comes around early January. Now there is that window, January 4th to January 8th, for guys to visit. So there is a possibility of him putting a visit in that window or even two. Make the clothes, baby. Make the clothes. This is a big weekend for Florida State. Uh, I I think that Adam Fuller has done a really good job with this. He's resonated well with Fentrell, Deuce Cypress. Uh, FSU got in early on this one. They have pursued him. They have allocated time and resources to go visit him multiple times, multiple coaches. Uh, and this is a chance for FSU to make a really good impression. And this would be a huge recruitment if FSU can somehow lock it up here before the dead period. We'll see. We'll see. I know that Ohio State's in the mix here. I know that LSU's in the mix. I believe Auburn's trying to get in too, but FSU got in early. They've been proactive. Uh, This has been a well-done professional recruitment so far. And now you have to close. Now you have to close. I think FSU feels pretty good about where it stands. Um, We will see. I'll be honest. I'm kind of surprised that FSU had staying power in this recruitment. Like I didn't, you know, I, I expected them to have interest. But if, if you look at, like, past years of the portal, this just isn't a recruitment that FSU is usually heavily in the mix for. Um, they're, they're, they they take a lot of guys that aren't, you know, maybe the highest ranked but are, you know, maybe the best fit or value for their team. This guy is, like, number two in the rankings, I think, for the 24-7 sports transfer portal. Like, this is a legit dude that big-time teams want, and FSU is able to land an OV. Obviously, you know, it's not going to mean much if you don't land them, but... I, I just think it's it's interesting to see that FSU is able to to make so much headway in this recruitment. And you're talking about this from a positional standpoint. Yeah, and and you know he's just a guy like it's a guy that LSU is involved with Ohio State. Like this, it's not just like FSU's beating up on on lesser schools. Like they are going head to head with with big time schools for a top transfer, and seem like they are in the top group for him. But but that's yeah. changing. Like like Hiking Williams is they did the same thing with him. It's not going to be you're not going to be in the mix for everyone that you want to be. You have to play the recruit. It's yeah. got to be a good fit. You got to play it and hit the right buttons. They did that with Hakeem. I think they're doing that with with Deuce as well. So like it, yeah. it's starting to change to where you can attract those kind of guys. You just have to. I'd add FSU is playing for keeps with the portal this year. They're going for really good dudes that would take a team from being pretty good to probably very very good. You know, competing for the league and whatever else comes with that. So we've seen that. If you look at the guys they've recruited, the guys they've been consistent with now over the last two to three weeks, uh, it's been the same names. Uh, I think Brendan did a top 10, and then he did another one, and he dropped one name total, I think, from those two lists. Everybody else on those lists has been consistently the guys FSU has been kind of at the top with, and they're getting those guys on campus. They're truly in it, and they've done a shot in the end for it. The other thing I'll add on Deuce Cypress specific to the cornerback spot and what they've done in the past in the sense of adding depth Versus in this case, going after a guy who can be your number one. Being a number one DB at Florida State means a hell of a lot. Traditionally, historically, it matters. And if you're a guy who has NFL aspirations, and Deuce Cypress certainly does, and you can play an extremely high level on a very bad football team at Virginia, then what can you do on a pretty good one in Tallahassee? I think that's a, a sales pitch that FSU makes. This all feels very... Again, we have to see if you can close what happens. Like, we'll know a lot more about these recruiting efforts and where FSU truly is standing in a week from now, right? <laughs> if when the dead period occurs and if you can get guys to, to either sign or, or commit. But um, with the transfer portal specifically, this feels very much so like 
like in the NFL thing about like the LA Rams a couple of years ago, they felt like they were a couple of pieces away and they had the core of, of Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey, but they needed a quarterback. And so they, they went all in on a quarterback. They, they were okay throwing a lot of money on a pass rusher like Von Miller and free agency. So what this kind of feels like for FSU, it feels like a team that is gearing up to make a big leap forward and is okay being aggressive with, I can't call the transfer portal a mercenary approach anymore because FSU has shown culturally that it can uh, integrate newcomers into its culture successfully. And that's what they're banking on with, with being this aggressive this way through or this cycle. Um, but that's what it very much so feels like as FSU is trying to acquire about a, a half dozen to a dozen more pieces of guys who can help them out immediately. Chris has talked about this before. It's no longer about a, Two years ago, it was about trying to find 22 players. What this past year is about trying to find 40 something players. You're now trying to find 65 to 85 players. If you can go that deep into the the roster, uh, and and have something that can legitimately contend, that can withstand injuries throughout the season, and, and put you in a place to to play for something significant at the end of the year. That's what FSU is yeah, doing right now. Finding guys that can supplant guys in that top 22 and make that first group even better. We'll see. We'll see. So let's take a quick commercial break. We're going to get into some recruiting scoop on the way back. Uh, Yeah, we'll be back right after these messages. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Okay, welcome back to On the Bench. Before we get into all the recruiting scoop, I want to give a shout out. To the Turner Group, uh, we are not playing Buyer Sinone for this episode solely because there's just, there's so much to get to. But the Turner Group is our Buyer Sinone sponsor. Want to make sure you guys give some love to Colin Turner at the Turner Group. He's made that fun, quirky little game possible uh, for us to play consistently and allocate time towards this entire season. And now this off season, he is enjoying every minute of this coverage at those twenty four seven, following along and and just enjoying FSU. Uh, being being fun and relevant again. So if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the state of Florida and specifically the central Florida area, Colin Turner is your man. Uh, reach out to him. You go to the Turner Group. Uh, I just put it in the Google machine and you will find uh, everything you need to know about the Turner Group. Phone number, website, bunch of five-star reviews. So thanks, Colin. We appreciate your support very much, sir. Okay, recruiting scoop. Zachary, I'm going to start off with you on this because uh, there's a lot of stuff happening here in the final couple of days as we sprint towards National Signing Day. Let's start off with Conrad Hussey, someone you had scoop for on Wednesday, I think morning, and by Wednesday evening it had changed again. Uh, South Florida recruitments are going to South Florida, man. Yeah, so I, on Wednesday, worked hard, worked the phones. Miami was out of that recruitment is what Gabby from the Inside the U site tells me. Um, and that's kind of what I had been hearing earlier in the week is that Miami was not going to be a factor and it was going to be Florida state versus Penn state, um, the school that, that Conrad Hussey's committed to. Well, on Wednesday evening, um, our Colorado 24 seven site site buff stampede.com reported that Conrad Hussey, along with two other of his St. Thomas Aquinas teammates would be on Colorado's campus this weekend for an official visit. Um, so of course, Dion throws a wrench in, in my reporting, and he's expected to host Hussey on an official visit for his big, you know, official visit weekend that he's tabbed as the biggest visit weekend, recruiting weekend in Colorado history. So um, definitely going to be a lot of camp kids on campus this weekend for for Colorado, and, and Hussey's expected to be there. I've confirmed that on my end just now, actually. Um, and, you know, it's a visit, obviously, to monitor. Um Dion, we don't have to get into detail on this, but Dion's making a push here, and that's the important um, detail. You know, I think he's not going to make Hussey's not going to make a final decision until signing day, is what I've been told. So that'll be December twenty first, next Wednesday. Um, so he's got little less than a week to, to make this decision. You know, going into this week, um, after the FSU official visit this past weekend, felt really good about FSU and their chances to flip Hussey from Penn State. Um, you know, we'll see. 
I, I'll check back in over the weekend, and then obviously afterwards is kind of when all the the latest uh, you know, developments will, will be happening. Um, so I'll I'll make sure to check in with with my sources on that on that recruitment. But it's definitely going to be a visit to monitor this weekend for FSU as they try and, and make the close there um, over the next week or so. Okay, let's go to a transfer prospect now, some we've talked about quite a bit on this show, and that's Kyle Morlock, the Division II tight end transfer, someone who uh, has has ascended pretty quickly in the in the recruiting uh, industry. Uh, he's a 91 overall grade for 24-7 sports, but I'm squarely in four-star territory, someone who's received a lot of interest. Speaking of Deion Sanders, we reported earlier this week that Deion Sanders and Tim Brewster from Colorado were making a play at Kyle Morlock. So what I can report is that I think that um, that threat has been neutralized uh, from a Florida State perspective. I think that Colorado kind of shot its shot there and uh, just it, it won't be something I think that that Morlock's family uh, pursues very much. So what, what is really noteworthy is that Mike Norvell, Chris Thompson did an in-home visit with the Morlocks, I think on Wednesday, days are starting to blur together now at this point. Yes, it was uh, yesterday. It was yesterday. So that was a Wednesday. Okay. So it went, it, it went exceptionally well from what I understand uh, to the point where there was an Auburn official visit that was planned on starting Wednesday. That did not happen. I was skeptical it was going to happen from our standpoint. Um, our Auburn side has not been able to confirm an official visit. They were doubtful it would happen as well. I don't believe it happened uh, unless something yeah, crazy happened. Okay. Um, they they're focused on the FIU transfer is what I was told the uh, Rivaldo Fairweather Fairweather yeah he's yeah. a little higher on their board for them um, but that's good news for FSU uh, and really I think what this is going to come down to is does he take the official to Tennessee this weekend yeah we checked with Ryan Callahan he's our, ten- our Tallahassee guy God I meant Tennessee and I said Tallahassee oh boy. he's our Tennessee site guy and as of yesterday Wednesday evening it was still on so. Uh, yeah, we'll keep checking. We'll see if he shows up in Knoxville or not. They've always been the other serious contender in this from the get-go. And even if he does show up in Knoxville, like I I, told, I think FSU's in the driver's seat right now, totally honestly. like I, I think FSU – I'll put it this way. I have a pre-write ready to go on Kyle Moore. Like That doesn't mean anything. That is, no, I mean, that's my chinx. We do pre-writes for all sorts of people, but we only do it if we think there's a decent chance of it happening. Uh, so we have that ready to go in case it does happen. Um but and, he, and even if he does go, I mean, even if he does go to Knoxville and he does visit Tennessee, uh, I still think FSU has the upper hand here. Over like, yeah, I mean, that becomes a variable that you add to the equation of like, okay, maybe he really likes there. That is closer to home. Maybe he fits in well. Maybe he jibes with the the coaching staff there. Um, and maybe maybe they are able to put together a plan, a package of like NIL opportunities and and just like playing time path and. Uh, eat, if you're FSU, if you can somehow get them to not take the official visit to Tennessee, then obviously it's game over, right? Um, but but then you get down to like probably maybe like a 60% chance of getting him if he does take the official to Tennessee. So we'll see. But I think FSU's in a good spot Tennessee, there. Has Tennessee hired a, an OC or a tight ends coach? Not to my knowledge, uh, I checked a few days ago, but also yeah. like. I mean, that's a pretty important variable here is that the coach that originally offered more lock at Tennessee, Alex Kalesh, is now at UCF. As the head coach, nope. USF, USF. You, you guys, God, we, we were just slandering the hell out of this. You were trying to like that right? clown school in Tampa. Come on, get on campus stadium. They're both clown schools. Um, moving on to the next guy, exactly. Sister goes to UCF, South Florida. I'll still slander, I don't care. Sorry, sis. Um, Edwin <laughs> Joseph <laughs> is a guy that FSU's been on for a, a long time. Um, they got him on campus this past weekend for an official visit, but are there cons- some concerns here, Brendan? Oh, sorry. I had my, my friend's group was sending me pictures of things that I guess I shouldn't have been looking at during the podcast. What is there what? concern here with Edwin Joseph? Yeah, there's some concern. Uh, I, I think FSU would have been leaving the official visit last week. And I think FSU felt really good. It should have felt good. I, I think things were trending very much so uh, for a commitment from Edwin Joseph. Uh, now from some of your reportings, things I can gather, Zach, yeah, I think Miami entered the picture. I'm, I'm not super worried about Miami. What I am worried about is Louisville. Uh, I think he there's a really good chance he takes a official visit to Louisville this weekend. Uh, he has a, a national championship game in Las Vegas on Saturday. So Louisville OV would be right after 
uh, if it does happen, would be right after the Saturday game, go over there for a singular day, uh, really in Louisville, meet the new coach and staff, get to see if that's a good fit potentially. Uh, Louisville obviously has a lot of NIL opportunities to offer to to players that they want to go after them. Uh, so we'll, I know I'm saying a lot of, we'll see. I mean, this is up in the air now at this point. I thought this was a 99% chance for FSU a few days ago. Uh, today, I'm, I probably dropped that uh, down to like 70% or so. And, Whoa. You know, yeah. well, I mean, guys take, if he, t- if he takes an official visit after, you don't you don't want you want to be the last official visit you don't want to be the second to last especially yeah. for a school that is that is all in like louisville yeah and schools have gone in to see uh joseph this week penn state um louisville miami, miami. is miami is expected to from what i understand uh meet with edwin's parents on friday because edwin leaves to las vegas with his chaminade team on friday morning i believe edwin's parents will meet with miami staff for dinner on friday night um, so take that for what it what it's worth. But I don't, I don't think Miami is a huge factor. But I think if they miss on Damari Brown, they might try and make a, a late big push for for Edwin. Um, to, I think he's kind of their plan B um, in their class at, at corner. Um, and Damari's obviously their their top option. So you know we'll see what happens in that recruitment. That could affect what Miami does with, with Edwin Joseph. But yeah, if Louisville gets him on an OB, just a note. You know, obviously, he's playing all the way out in Las Vegas. The game is set to start, I believe, around 4.30 Eastern. Um, and then he'll, you know, obviously three, four hours, whatever. Um, he probably won't make it over to Louisville until, you know, early Sunday morning. So it'll probably be just a one-day visit to Louisville. But, you know, um, that that still means a lot. Um, that that he that would be the last impression he gets before signing. Um, and just, you know, a few days after that trip. Adding a little intrigue. I like it. There's some intrigue going into that recruitment. Uh, I think you've got to close. Yep. Uh, speaking of closing, name worth mentioning. You mentioned Damari Brown. Let's talk about – I guess we can talk about Damari Brown. I think Wilt Fong put in a crystal ball to uh, Alabama the other day. I think that's relatively long been expected to be the leader. I think Miami is going to make a strong push for both Damari and Devante. I think uh, – well, I'll let you talk about this recruitment. You have your, your – uh, your finger on the pulse of it, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have my finger on the pulse more so of Devontae Brown. Um, he took in home visits from FSU and Miami yesterday. He started the day in Orlando. Mike Norvell um, and Marcus Woodson, I believe, stopped by. And then he drove down to South Florida in his home uh, in Broward County, and he got a visit from Miami's coaching staff last night. So um, a guy that Miami has really started to push for, um, he told me yesterday that he did not have a planned visit for this weekend, but obviously that could have changed after the Miami in-home. Um, they, I think they're trying to get him on campus this weekend. Um, he said ideally he would like to have his decision made next week, um, but obviously there there could be some factors that could push that back or even make it closer. So uh, we'll see. FSU is definitely – this isn't just a you know an easy one for FSU to win now. Um, there is competition. Um, and it seems like Miami's really, you know, pushing for both Devontae and his younger brother, obviously, um, and Damari Brown. Uh, people are going to want to know about the Cedric Baxter recruitment. Yeah. Let's point at Texas. Let's just, I mean, that's, I don't think FSU is totally done with it yet, but I, mean, I think for, I'll put it this way. If something develops here, it would be, I think, monumental at this point. Like it would take a, a pretty big swing for this to be a thing. I was, I was told basically, you know, the in-home and just the, this final push of the recruitment is kind of a shot in the dark for FSU. You played a string out when it's a kid of that caliber and you've invested as much time and he did actually step on your campus for an official. He just played on out. And Transfer so much, uh, yeah, so much of recruiting now is your, especially someone of that caliber, it's maybe not the first go around, it's the second go around that you're trying to, that's why you continue to, to put an effort, even if it does look bleak for the immediate uh, but yeah, we're not going into this weekend or next week feeling any sort of like real optimism about Cedric Baxter. Person we are feeling optimistic for, and this is a recruitment that is going to be fun to monitor just based on like where this dude sets foot this weekend. That'll be extremely telling. We want to talk about making a statement. If you're able to withstand local Auburn making a huge push in every 
way imaginable for, for Keldrick Falk, four-star defensive end, got a big bump in our recent rankings. I think he's like 101st or so nationally now. If you're able to withstand that that late push with a new coaching staff and a very, very all-in invested uh, Auburn program, that would be sizable for Florida State. Um, this is a recruitment that's going to be fun to monitor. I may provoke a little bit of anxiety, but as of Thursday morning, as we're recording this, Zach, where's FSU stand? Are they going to get Keldrick Falk on campus in Tallahassee this weekend? Yeah, from everything I'm hearing, I think it's really likely. I'm going to put out a report this morning that states similar um, based on some conversations I've had within the last 24 hours. I think uh, Falk's plan is to be in Tallahassee this weekend, whether that is for one day, two days, I'm not sure. He hasn't really ironed out the plans yet from what I understand, but I, I believe that he'll be in Tallahassee this weekend. And that's you know obviously huge with, with Auburn trying to make a put late push, like you said, they're trying to get him on an official visit. Um, whereas, you know, his FSU visit would be an unofficial because he took his official to FSU back in the summer. He did it to, as well to Auburn, but obviously they have a new head coach in place which allows them to run it back for another OV if possible. Um, but right now, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, another note is, I believe the original plan for FSU is to go in home with Falk on Friday. That stood, that you know could still be the case, but I'm told there's a possibility they come by actually on Thursday today as we're recording this. Um, that you know that was still being ironed out last night, um, but but it's something that uh, FSU you know could shake up. Um, and I think that a lot of that depends on, you know, what other stops uh, Mike Norvell needs to make across the country. Irons daisied out. All right. You just had to ruin it. Dane doesn't think so. He loves Iron Daisy. Do we have Jesus anything else? Those, those, yeah, are those are pretty good. I wonder why he has BM problems. Um, Chris, anything you want to add to all of this? Not the Dane's poop. The other No, stuff. I mean, you guys talked about pretty much everybody. Edwin Joseph, I expect Norvell and Coach Woodson by today to see do you remember when dane blew up the bathroom for 30 minutes i think he just got in a oh dane's gonna be probably really mad at us for talking about this and also people who hate this conversation it's another falk in the road um don't go in detail i'm just saying he like i don't think we're ever i think dane just got like in a trance i don't think he was blown up the bathroom i think he just forgot where he was and just like spaced out for 30 minutes he did come out he's like how long have i been in there yeah that's exactly what happened he time traveled he vecnoed all right, for Chris Nee, Zach Blostein, I'm Brendan Sinon. What? You have two other notes at the bottom of your. We're not talking. Uh, about I don't want to get into team stuff right now. Oh wow! Do you want me to real quick? I mean, it. it I don't know. I was nope. trying to think of a Okay. <laughs> okay, for Chris Nee, Zach Blostein, I'm Brendan Sinon. Who's been on the bench? You want to read about team stuff? You want to hear about it? You sign up to knowles247.com. We do a great job covering this team. I'm sorry if you hate hearing that. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>